Thinking about moving to Orlando, Florida? You are in luck. We've got Cure Creek. I knew I was going to mess it up. That's why I said it 30,000 times. And I'm going to call you Rue. Kirsten, Rue Claire's. It's because I was thinking about the Rue the whole time. Uh, right here beside me. Say hi to everybody. Hey, everybody. <laughs> and I'm going to call... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to get to that. It's it's uh, about double what it is here, I think, right now. And that's that's pretty good. We're jealous here. Well, I, I will say some of us are jealous. I kind of like the cold here and there, but it does get old after a while. So we've got Rue here down there in the warm in Orlando, Florida. If you want to learn what it's like there or just to visit for vacation, even if you're not moving there or whatever, this is Want to Move There, the show dedicated to all humans, giving them the information they need to decide whether or not they want to move to a different area from where they are. Or in this case, vacation, because this is a huge vacation place. So it's going to be good for all of that too. And realtors are always the best tour guides and can tell you the best places, both the touristy places and the non-touristy places if you want to hit them up. Uh, I I am your host, Derek Bixler, realtor of 15 years right here in central Pennsylvania. I grew up on the hill, as we call it, here in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Went to Mechanicsburg High School in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. Go Wildcats. And went up to Penn College of Technology in Williamsport. You guessed it, Pennsylvania. So I'm born and raised here. Contact me if you need to buy or sell a home anywhere in Pennsylvania, uh, and especially in central Pennsylvania. Uh, call me, text me, email me, throw a rock through my window, send a carrier pigeon, whatever you need to do. I still want to hear from you. We're still pretty low on inventory here in uh, February 2nd of 2022 and we will see what it's like from rue in orlando right now i'm guessing it's pretty much the same uh whether you're watching live or on a replay ask a question in the comments or if you know one of us hit us up in the comments and say hello and say where you're watching or listening from and a reply a reply all the uh, reminder that all the replays are on YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all the audio places, all the video places. So wherever you like to consume your content, it's there waiting for you. And without further ado, I'll shut my big mouth and let Kirsten Rue, and we're going to call her Rue for the rest of the show. Rue Claire's realtor in Orlando, Florida with us. Uh, say hi to everybody and tell us the last movie that you watched. I know you don't watch it. Tell, you can still explain that or whatever. So say hi. <laughs> Tell us your favorite movie, I guess it would be, while I find your bio information. Yeah, so hi, everybody. I'm Ruth Players. I am down here in sunny Florida, right in the heart of Orlando. Oh, gosh, I don't know, not that far from Disney. Um, and uh, it is in the 60s. Uh, we did have 30s the last couple of nights. And I, I used to live in Chicago, so I am well aware of the kind of weather you guys have. And I am the smart one. I moved. The rest of my family is still there. So, um, as far as my hold on, wait, 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 and we'll talk about this during the weather. But you brought something to my so it's thirty, so that's below freezing. So, do you have the falling iguanas or whatever? When when at oh, what no, temperature does that start happening? No, well, and it wasn't thirty; it was in the thirties. So, I think we got down to thirty-five or thirty-six or something. There are not a lot of iguanas in Central Florida. That's further south. There is one in my neighborhood. I see him every once in a while out the window of my office. So I don't know if he fell from his tree or not. I wasn't around for it. <laughs> if he's the only one, he could probably do whatever he wants. So. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe his parents took him inside. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And then what's your favorite movie? I know I read it earlier and I was like, ooh, I love this movie oh, too. Okay. So tell everybody what your, or it's one of your favorite movies, I guess. So one of my all-time favorite movies, every time it's on, I will watch it. I own it. Um, when I'm bored and there's nothing good to watch, I'll turn it on. Um, Fifth Element with um, the very handsome Bruce Willis 
in there, Chris Tucker, and um, Mila uh, Strogolovich or something like that. She's my husband's favorite. Um, he, he loves her. She's She was in Resident Evil and stuff like that. She, he thinks she's a badass. Um, I think she's awesome. So that is one of my absolute favorite movies. Um, I, uh, I used to do uh, uh, shows at different anime cons, and we, my husband made the fifth element necklace where you could wear the stones and you could be the fifth element. And we had many a conversation or our relationship live and die in front of our booth when one of them had never seen the movie. So it's... <laughs> so it's like, like a like a cosplay convention yeah. or something. Yeah, we used to do MegaCon and um, a couple other ones. That's a big one. MegaCon is the most well known down here in Orlando. But uh, yeah, we'd have a lot of people. One of the one of them would be like, "Oh my gosh, it's the Fifth Element," and the other person like, "What's the? Why am I in a relationship with you? You, I, we have to go home and watch this movie right now." Yeah, so. <laughs> it's definitely one of those movies that you you kind of it's polarizing. You kind of love it, or it's the dumbest thing you've ever seen in your life ever. <laughs> it is a cult classic, that's for sure. Kind of like Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's another one of my favorites. So yeah, yes, that one. I, I'm on the not liking it. I don't hate it, but I'm not. It's kind of odd. I don't. I always found it just odd for some reason or something. Oh, I don't know why. I think it's supposed to be an acid trip on some level. <laughs> Where do you stand on Nacho Libre? Have you ever seen that? You know, I've only seen that one time. Um, so I don't have really, I don't have good or bad memories of it. I have just a, um, it's got Jack Black in it, right? Am I right? It does. Yes. And and so it's, I think it's a lot. It's a movie that is a lot of movies. It's a lot of. Jazz. It is. I mean, it's one of the. It's weird. It's weird, and it's one of those. Yeah. You either think it's the most funny thing, ever, funniest thing ever, or it's yeah. the dumbest thing ever. And he yeah. does this probably offensive now accent. I suppose there are oh, a lot of movies that you watch now. You're like, I probably couldn't do that now, but it yeah. it was hilarious. Yeah. Um, so Fifth Element. Oh, I was going to ask. Do you own it on Blu-ray or DVD, or how did you have you always owned it and you've bought it each way up, or did you just buy it recently? on like in the cloud or something i probably have it um as a dvd and then recently bought it on prime so i have it all the time wherever nice. I go. yeah yeah that's great i think amazon Am amazon translates to most of the different platforms apple android all the different things so that's a good place to buy stuff a lot of the times i think um and now i got your bio up here so i'm going to tell everybody a little bit about you you grew up not down there but kind of close to there columbus georgia how far of a drive from where you are now would that be it's about eight hours um depending on how fast you drive you know. Would you go to Florida for vacations when you were in Columbus? You know, it's so funny. Um, when Disney first opened in the 70s, we drove down here and um, we were a driving vacation family, not a flying vacation family. Um, and we drove down and stayed in this place called Kissimmee, <laughs> which is really Kissimmee <laughs> when you live here. <laughs> But my dad, we stayed in a hotel that had a sunken bar, and uh, my uh, my dad kept trying to ask the bartender, "How do you say it? Is it kiss me, kiss a me?" And I'm like, 
So now that I've lived here for, you know, almost 30 years, it's Kissimmee and that's it. There's no Kissimmee. <laughs> you know, immediately that you're a tourist. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's a couple of things down here. Like if you're in Massachusetts and you call it Worcester and it's Worcester. Yeah. We have those in Florida. <laughs> yeah, totally. We have Lancaster. A lot of states have a Lancaster, uh, but we, they call it Lancaster a lot of times, but people hear yep. it's Lancaster, Lancaster, like it's a mm -hmm. I in there or something. Mm -hmm. um, so you grew up there and then we went to high school in, uh, at Cary Grove High School in Cary, Illinois. So how'd you get from Georgia to Illinois? Was it, were you a military family or, and then you went to university in another state. So how'd you get to Illinois from Georgia? So my, um, my dad was a drama professor and when I was 13, we were going to sail around the world on a boat. And so we um, packed up our lives and went to uh, Freetown, Mass. And my dad went to buy a boat. We found the boat. The day that they were sailing the boat to the, um, uh, I guess, what, what do we call those things? The, the boat yard for repairs so we could make it um, ocean worthy. There was a giant storm with more than 10 foot waves and they were on the boat, him and his, uh, his buddy, uh, Russell Funk, who was helping him, who's about eight feet tall. And the only reason this is important is because they had a wooden dinghy and Russell got in the dinghy and the hull of the boat was higher than Russell's head on the crest of the wave. And they decided that was unsafe. He got back in the boat. The keel broke off on the boat. The mast broke off on the boat. The boat sank. Coast Guard saved my dad. And then we had to move to Illinois because we had no money. All the money went down with the ship and we lived with my uncle. <laughs> that is how I ended up in Cary, Illinois. <laughs> I did not <laughs> That's a crazy story. Oh yeah, didn't get to sail around the world. Um, started high school as a sophomore because I did correspondence school as a freshman. And uh, then um, the next thing I wanted to do, uh, I wanted to be, um, for some wild and crazy reason, I wanted to be a, a CPA. And I don't know if you've met many CPAs, but um, I don't really have a CPA personality, if you will. And I grew up in the theater, so I, I'm really not a CPA. I was good at math and uh, I learned um, I my I was going to go to my parents alma mater in Quincy, Illinois, hated it, small town school, went to Marquette, loved it, decided to go there and ended up it's only an hour away from my folks. So I was uh, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin for four years, loved Milwaukee and um, <clears throat> was fortunate enough to be hired by Sears and they said, hey, we have a job in Orlando. And I said, God, thank you. Get me out of this weather. And that's how I ended up here. Oh, okay. So that's how you got down to Florida, but you weren't uh, selling real estate. So, well, no, I'm going to, I'm going to finish your bio and then I'm going to ask you how you got from that to selling real estate now. Um, and I also want to know what, uh, what the mascot is for Cary Grove. So all the people out there that might go to Cary <laughs> Grove can hear you say, go fighting, whatever, what are they? <laughs> well, uh, it's, it's Trojans. So if you can imagine high school, with a mascot of Trojans. It's a fun time. 
Um, and, At least it's uh, strong and aggressive. The town I live in, where the and my kids go to, uh, we're the bubblers because it's oh, uh, we're God. boiling springs and the springs bubble up and make this like. So they're the bubblers. It's not the most uh, intimidating mascot. Yeah, I think I'd rather be a surgeon. <laughs> yeah, but I hear you. Every joke would have been about that for sure. Oh God, it was a great time. Great time. <laughs> And then what was the mascot at Marquette? Is that a pretty big school? Yeah, Marquette was huge. Um, they were they were known for their business administration and their dental. Um, and honestly, I the, I can't think of it right now. I don't even know what the mascot was. I'm gonna have to Google it. <laughs> um, you obviously I, didn't go to the football and basketball games very often. Well, no, we if they had teams, do they have? Um, they it was did, big, so they had, probably did. We have, we were pretty big in basketball. I went to I went to classes with a number of basketball. There was this one guy. He was so tall, and he was in my speech class. And uh, when he he would sit in the back of the room because he was like eight feet tall, his his thighs were as big as my hips. He was so tall, and I'm just like when he's walking by, you're like, wow. <laughs> Giant, giant dude. And he's Taller or as tall as your dad's friend? Who, by the way, you said the Coast Guard saved your dad. So I'm still thinking, oh, did that guy go too. down with the ship or <laughs> no, what no, happened no. there? They saved both of them. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, yeah, we got, yes, yeah, so both of them were safe. No one went down with the ship, just the ship. <laughs> and who was taller, this dude in class or your dad's friend? Oh, the guy in class was much taller. He was, he was an actual basketball athlete. <laughs> oh yeah, and he was the shortest guy on the team. He was one of the shorter guys his name was tom something nice guy um but yeah he uh he was definitely in speech class to get a credit so he could graduate he wasn't there for the smart aspect of it all yeah nobody i, I think most people are in speech class because it's some kind of requirement most people shy yeah. away from that i would think if they could they wouldn't take it some would maybe but uh favorite color your favorite color is lime green i appreciate that you didn't put blue so i like the lime green what would be your <laughs> second favorite if you had to pick a second favorite oh seafoam green i like green so like a really dark pale kind of green that sounds like a good green for like a wall color maybe a real peel, oh, yeah, pale I version like I love seafoam green. It's just it's um it's just a happy, light, airy kind of green. Then lime green yeah. is more in your face green. So bold. It's a bold green. But I don't like I uh, do I, I don't like Girl Scout green. Um emerald green is okay. I like sage. Um I'm a green girl. I'm in the green family. That's where I like to live. Nice. You should check out uh, Big Brothers Big Sisters new branding. They just switched it to oh. black in this kind of like fluorescent green kind of color yeah. um, because they're trying to attract, I think they're having problems getting men. So they're kind of went a little bit more masculine <laughs> with their branding. So I don't think I know because I'm involved okay. with them. Um, but yeah, uh, their, their color is awesome. I love their new branding. They sent it to me. I was like, well, it worked. I'm, <laughs> I like it. Cool. I'm going to yeah. check it out. Uh, your favorite food is chocolate and sushi not chocolate sushi like i read it before we got on the air here so uh chocolate what would be your go-to if you're going to the grocery store picking up the normal chocolate that you have nightly or however often you have it what are you getting um i would get a reese's cup or a heath bar okay so you like something else with your chocolate also 
I like a little a little flavor with my chocolate. I I love, and you know, the other thing I really love is cayenne in your chocolate. There's a Ghirardelli bar that has spicy chocolate. That's really yummy. Huh. So. Yeah, I've heard. Actually, I've had somebody gave me. I did a podcast episode with a hot sauce maker locally here. Torchbearers hot sauce. Shout out to Torchbearers. Awesome sauces. Uh, all fresh. They don't use vinegar in it. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, but made locally. And they gave me, uh, they, they have, they're, they're uh, in some like hot stuff of the month club or something. And when I was there, they gave me this chocolate bar to take with me. I underestimated how hot it was. <laughs> I could have taken yeah. a little bit, but um, it wasn't pleasurable unless no, you really, no. really like that stuff. But I love some cayenne chocolate and sushi. I love sushi. I um, I love salmon, tuna, scallops. I'm not a fan of octopus. I don't like octopus. And you just but, get it like sashimi, or are there rolls that you like to get it in? Well, I right now I'm on the uh, the low carb uh, land, so sashimi is my go-to. Um, one of my favorites is uh, a volcano roll, where they take shredded crab in a lovely spicy mayo sauce and then they have it on top of um i think i don't know exactly what the roll is underneath because i have i really just like the crab on top but um mm. <laughs> and some of that yum yum sauce i like me some yum yum sauce yeah and i well and i like um i like i like a lot of seafood like i love a, a good um uh, crab boil and i love raw oysters we have some we have a restaurant here called lee and rick's which is the OG, um, it's been around forever, and they serve raw oysters by the bucket, and those are, they are so good. To take home and cook. No, 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 you sit at the bar, you can do that too, but you sit at the bar and they shuck them for you. They're, they've got oh, like Oh, even better. Yeah, they've got a bar set up, and it's uh, painted in pool paint, <laughs> and, uh, on the other side is a trench. So when you're done with your oyster, you just chuck it in the trench and they clean up the trench as they go. But uh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And you can tell us some more. Lee and Rick's, you said, we'll give a plug to Lee and Rick's again when we talk about what there is to do in the food scene and all that stuff. I'm yeah. sure there's all kinds of seafood down there. Oh um, although you're not, it's not, it's kind of inland there. We'll get to that part. Uh, you do have not have pets. Um, have you ever had pets? Yes. I am a dog girl. When I was like last dog? Dogs. It's been many, many, many moons. Um, I prefer a small dog. Um, my, I grew up with dachshunds. I like long-haired dachshunds. Um, I tried to talk my husband into getting me a Chinese crested at one point, and it's basically a hairless chihuahua with hair on the feet. Got hair here, a mohawk, and a little tuft on the end of his tail, and he's like, there's no way. I will ever own a dog like that. So I can't have one of those until he's no longer gracing I, uh, I can't blame him on that one. And it also sounds like said weird dog for the sake of being weird um, <laughs> is also probably really expensive too, right? Oh, God, yes. Yes, they're not a cheap dog. Mm -mm, no. But they probably live forever. Those tiny dogs live oh. like 25 <laughs> years or something, don't they? Maybe not that long, but. No, no, no. I, I think the lifespan is somewhere in the 12 to 17 range. Dog. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The twelve I would feel like was short. I got fifteen out of my black lab. Um, maybe the, that was above average. The bigger average. they are, the the more their bodies break down faster because you know they just they're like my daughter has a Great Dane, 
and um, he's she is super tall. Like she can look me right in the eye when I'm sitting down at the table. It's crazy. But yeah, they, same, they have a shorter lifespan for sure. Yeah, it's like mine. The hips went out, and then you know yeah. everything else was fine. But I can't carry him around and pee. And yeah, you just get to a point where it has to happen. They could live longer, but yeah, yeah totally. It's not fair to them. They shouldn't. No. And that's why I don't have another one because I went through that with my first dog, I don't know, five years ago, and I don't want to go through that ever again. No. So I don't, I'm scarred for life maybe at this point until my kids start bugging the crap out of us for some kind of pet. Um, maybe we'll start yeah. with a fish or something. If they yeah. want it to be more interesting, we can get two beta fish and we'll fight them together or something. Get a, um, get a, get a, get no, I won't do that, any PETA people that might. I will not fight betas. <laughs> no, no, you only get one beta at a time. Yeah. Although you do buy feeder fish and feed mice, living mice to pets and stuff. So I don't know if it's whatever. Uh, no pets for you. Uh, you do have kids like we talked to you mentioned a little bit. Uh, two daughters of your own. And then you have three bonus daughters. Um, and they're all grown daughters. So are they all married? Do you have any granddaughters or sons yet? We haven't gotten into the grandkids stage. We, we uh, <clears throat> my, um, my youngest is 23. My oldest is 26. My husband's youngest, oh, I think she's in the 33 department, and we go to 36 and 43. Where it's everybody's kind of like 10-ish years apart. So um, my oldest bonus daughter is married and has been for three or four years. Um, he's a he's a he's a lovely chap from England. He's a he's a Brit. So uh, he teaches us all sorts of good slang. Um, and then um, my husband's youngest daughter. Hold on. What's the best British slang? Oh, um, well, you know. Or one phrase. You're knickered and bloody hell. <laughs> sure. We all know that one. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So um, there's, there's some, uh, there's some guttural. I'm sure that I can't remember right now, but yeah, he's always coming up with some slang and we're like, what is that? And then he has to explain it. So we love it. Um, my, my two daughters have uh, fairly steady, significant others. And um, my husband's middle daughter is uh, ready, uh, readily available. And she is a very creative girl. She's an artist. My youngest is an artist. Um, my oldest is in the movie industry. She does costuming. Um, she does, uh, she sews costumes. She's been working for a number of movies that I'm allowed, not allowed to talk about. Ooh. Yeah. When they come out, you can talk about them. Yeah. Is that the rule? I'm not allowed to talk about them because if I do, then she could be out of a job. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's like being in the CIA or something. Yeah. I'd or the mob or something. Yeah, and you mentioned that you are are married. Obviously, that's where the bonus daughters came from to JD, yeah. and uh, you're all artsy. So you got all the arts in your uh, kids, and then you also still make handcrafted jewelry and accessories. So tell us a little bit about that. Um, what are the most artists choose as substrate? Am I wrong here? Like, oh, do you I work with like metal or wood, or I... is there some certain thing you like to work with, or? Um, so I am, I am a master of putting parts together. I really enjoy steampunk. Um, I, my favorite thing I ever made was a hot air balloon out of a light bulb. 
and I turned it into a necklace, and um, that was one of my favorites. And um, the uh, the other um, favorite thing that I've made is a steampunk tiara, where it uses a lot of uh, hands from clocks and gears and stuff to make it very very unique and different. Um, and so that kind of stemmed from I started out making cigar box purses. <laughs> My favorite cigar box was the Vitruvian Man, and uh, actually had gears and things on it. And um, that was and that was a, I loved doing that one. Um, I also made a Clockwork Orange purse, which um, was uh, basically an orange, and the insides were clockwork coming out of it and dangling down. So always a, always a little cheeky. Um, and then, uh, my husband welds and he makes, he makes all sorts of stuff. Um, anything from porches to carts for a friend who does movie stuff as well. Oh, that's cool. Or if you need some part made, some little part made for something you're making or something, he can hook you up. Yep. Yep. Have you sold anything? Do you do it? Cause I've seen steampunk pieces in uh shops around here local shops from local artists or whatever and they seem somewhat pricey so it seems like there oh, might yeah. be a, a business there <laughs> oh yeah i mean let's put it this way um it's a it's a it's a nano business um it's uh definitely a side hustle i have a i have a space in the local shop here that specializes in vintage uh, kinds of things we used to do um, uh, like the MegaCon and the AnimeCon shows quite a bit, and they were very profitable at one time. And then they have suddenly, in the last few years pre-COVID, kind of took a dive, and it just wasn't it wasn't worth it to go. So now I go as a um, participant, not a worker. It's still fun to go. I still like going. Yeah, maybe more fun, less pressure. You can just go enjoy yourself and pick up some stuff you like or something. Well, you know, that's the thing that's so funny. Everything is so um, non-unique now. And I think that might have been why we weren't as profitable. Everybody's gone so mainstream and we were just too different because we weren't going to give you the same thing you could buy on eBay for a dollar and sell it for 20 <laughs> That's not how we were going to play so it just turned out to be that now our season was over there and that's fine so i have a, I have a little tiny bit of, of my world in um a lovely place called altamont springs not altamonte springs um i have a little corner of my world there where i have my my stuff so awesome and there's always etsy you can always oh, throw yeah. some stuff on there if you ever want to my, a good friend of mine sells on there he sells makes tramp art do you know what that is like little boxes. He makes other things too. He even ended up commissioning a whole dresser of tramp art. It's basically all the edges are kind of notched out with these little notches. Okay. Um, I like it. I, he made a box and his son who makes jewelry and sells online and teaches jewelry or something said, put it on Etsy for some crazy price and see, cause he was just making it for himself or whatever. He ended up selling it for like 500 bucks, I think. Um, and now he does it and has ended up wow. making this dresser. I don't know how much he got for the dresser, but it was commissioned by somebody in like California or something, some designer for some high end house oh that was, so I'm assuming. So it turned into this whole nice little, uh, retirement gig he does in his garage that he never thought could happen. But I love that. And I love that you used the steampunk descriptor because that 
make, gives everybody a good picture of, of the work because it's very uh, distinct. And I like that it reduce, it reuses and recycles stuff, um, which is why it's probably more popular now than it ever was, I would think. Oh, yeah, definitely. And now let's talk about Orlando, where you are down there. And I'm going to pull up the map if I can find it. There we go. And I'll zoom out for anybody watching anywhere on the globe or any aliens that are catching this later. Here's the, the here is Earth by Google. Um, and you can see the pin right down here in Florida, which is on the East Coast, Southeast, about as far as you can go in the United States. And Orlando is about dead center as far as North to South goes. And you're also a little bit of ways off of the coast. How far do you say a drive to the coast is? If I'm going to like Daytona, it's like 45 minutes. If I'm going to St. Pete, it's a couple hours. So if I go, if you go to the East Coast, you can get there in as little as 45 minutes. If you go to the West Coast, it's at least two, two and a half hours. Gotcha. And it is 60 degrees down there, like we touched on, twice what it is here, roughly, I think. And right now it's tiny bit warmer than it has been so um yeah, yeah that's pretty nice so 60 is that cold for you that sounds kind of cold actually for you guys well i mean yes <laughs> i need a sweater in the summertime i've been here so long um my husband makes fun of me he's in shorts i'm in like a parka with earmuffs and gloves and a giant you know and he's wearing shorts and short sleeves and he's like it's just approaching comfortable I'm like i'm freezing my butt off but um yeah anything less than 70 is a definite coat requirement in my land there you go if we could all be so lucky to have the luxury of that being our coat weather that'd be awesome and it looks like it's pretty clear down there too all sunny no clouds which is uh we'll talk about that when we talk about the weather a little bit more and i'm gonna read the quick facts here and it's pretty much just the first uh paragraph in the wikipedia entry for orlando but it's probably pretty accurate i would think because orlando's a big and very known place. A couple of places I read this and it didn't say anything because this town was so small or it just didn't have anything notable uh, yeah. per Wikipedia. So it just kind of, this is a city in the county of and the longitude and latitude is not much at all, but all right, I'm going to read this. Uh, Orlando, a city in central Florida, is home to more than a dozen theme parks. Chief among its, it should be called the theme capital of the world. I wonder if it is the theme park capital of the world. Chief among its claims to fame is Walt Disney World, obviously, comprised of parks like the Magic Kingdom and Epcot, as well as water parks. Another major destination, or Universal Orlando, also offers Universal Studios and Islands of Adventure with the wizarding world of Harry Potter straddling both. So uh, I asked you this before we got on air, but uh, Harry Potter has its own park all to itself now. It's not even contained within something else anymore. No, no, no. It's um, so basically there's two parks um, at Universal right now. One is called the Islands of Adventure and one is Universal Studios. So what Harry Potter started out in Islands of Adventure and then they grew and they created um, Diagon Alley. So they have like the whole Diagon Alley experience and then they have um, the, uh, the train, Hogwarts Express. And what happens is in one park, they built Diagon Alley and then you can take Hogwarts Express and go over to the other park where 
like the rides and stuff are. So it's basically the back, middle back of all of both Universal Studio parks, and it'll combine the two. So, huh. and you get passes, the- you get passes to go to one or all or some of these parks and all that kind of stuff. I'm assuming. Yes, absolutely. They 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 will upsell you so that you can buy a two part pass. Would you recommend <laughs> getting a fast pass or whatever it is to uh, get to the front of the line? So, yeah, so Universal makes you pay, I believe. Um, but I will tell you it's probably worth it because you get um, you get to go to, like, the front of the line. They're, um, and Disney does, I, I think Universal will let you pick four or five things that you can be at the front, Okay. And you, ha- you, you have to purchase a Fast Pass ticket for those, right? So, like, you'll buy your regular park pass, and then you'll add the Fast Pass add-on to it, and then you'll get to go to those. Um, you can also do a VIP experience, which gets you the front of line of pretty much everything you're going to do. That one's fairly pricey, so it's usually celebrities or um, dignitaries that don't want to stand in line for an hour at each ride hmm. that do that. Huh. I didn't know that. So they have one that's pretty pricey that not a lot of people do that gets you to the front. Yeah. I didn't know they had ones where you pick and that's that's probably how they get make it more accessible for everybody to be able to afford and maybe get to the front of some line um, and get more done in their day. Because I would imagine if you could get to the front of every line, you might only need two days versus five days there to be able to ride everything, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you just need somebody in a wheelchair to come with you? Could you hop at the front of the line that way? So, funny fact, we there was a little bit of a racket down here where people who were legitimately handicapped would um, offer their services for um, access to the parks that you would pay for. And they would go with you throughout your day to get you to the front of the line and um, bypass everything. So this went on for, I don't know, maybe a couple of years. And then Disney and Universal started cracking down on that. So now, even if you are in a wheelchair legitimately, you do not get to always go to the front of the line on everything. Oh, so you still have to wait in the same line or they somehow keep track of it and you're some other line? Oh, no, you're still in the same line. Huh. Yeah, I mean. You when you get there, but it used to be, it used to be you, you had a whole separate entrance that you would go just so that you wouldn't go through the queue. So, um, yeah. Huh. I wonder if that, now I want to go to Hershey Park. I haven't been to Hershey Park in a while. And these days with all these apps and ride shares and being able to rent yourself out for whatever the heck you would want to, I would, and we used to have, there's that, the separate entrance. So now I want to know if that's even a thing anymore. Very interesting. That's cool. Good for them though. I mean, good job for them. They get to be paid to go to a theme park. I know my husband was so mad when they caught on. He's like, "Those poor guys. That was great for them, you know. Come on!" And now it's like, nope. <laughs> yeah, got to find some other way to uh, cheat the system to get to the front of the line. I, I know. guess. I know. Just get a job there, or oh, that probably doesn't help. You get in free, but you don't get to the front of the line if you work there. Yeah, no, there's no front of the line cutsies for you if you work there. 
So if people are coming down there to hit up Disney World and all the theme parks there and yeah. theme park capital of the world, we're just going to call it that. I don't know if it's that, but we're going to call it the theme park capital of the world. Uh, what can they expect to see when they land that plane? Are there is it typical Florida with palm trees and and that kind of thing? So one of the things that my dad always comments on when he comes down here is he is always impressed with how much water there is right about where the um, landing strip is. And he's just like fascinated because we really have a, just a lot of, lot of lakes around um, in all of Florida is at the lowest. Um, what is that map that tells you the, the like sea level? Yeah. That sea level map elevation. Oh, thank you. It's all green. It's all the same color. There's no hills or anything here. And so, yeah, so when you're landing, all of those lakes there, they get they get a little bit big when you're coming down the, the runway. And um, we have we have no topsoil here. Um, we we only have sand, so we don't have a filtration system. So if you put pesticides on your grass, they get in the water. So we have to we have to chlorinate all of our water to make it drinkable. Um, but the, the other fun thing about that is that then we also have, um, uh, sinkholes. So when we have a drought, there are, there are pockets of land that no longer were filled up with water that will sink and take houses and people with them. So that's hmm. a fun, um, but as far as when you land, we really aren't we don't have a ton of palm trees like you would see in Miami or Fort Lauderdale. They're definitely more palm tree focused. We have oak and, um, you know, we do have palm trees, but we also have, you know, normal oak. We don't have maple like, you know, up north where they have the beautiful leaves and stuff. It's either green or brown here. We don't have any of that pretty red. And if you have grass, is it purposely planted grass and, and a, of a different variety? I feel like Florida grass that's in yards is this really hard, like desert grass that'll grow in anything. It's not like our nice, soft, plush grass up oh, here. Oh God, no! Is that yeah. a thing, or am I just imagining that? No, if you were, if you, if you had this grass in Pennsylvania, you'd kill it because it it would be considered a weed. Um, it's it's like what you would call crabgrass up there. And it is uh, very thick blades. It's called St. Augustine or um, Zoysia is another one that seems to be a little drought intolerant. The thing about our grass is you cannot do seed here. You, you must you just lay it down. You have to go by sod. Um, there is no seed growing, sand, uh, nothing like because that. Because you have to bring the topsoil with you also. Probably I, there's just never, no one that the sod told. would have that with it. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So there's no, no seeding your lawn here. <laughs> you lay your lawn down. That's it. <laughs> well, that's good for when you build a new house. Cause you're going to have yeah. instant lawn. It's not next year. Or if like I just closed on one in December and they can't seed it. So they won't even plant it till like March or April or something. And then a few months, it's like a year until they even have a lawn. So that's kind of cool, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. then do you have to water it constantly okay. or does it, is it okay? No, if you need a, you need a sprinkler system here to keep your lawn green. And then they also have, um, 
restrictions on how much you water it for job purposes and stuff like that. So that's a great, great fine. segue into the climate section. Uh, do you get many of those droughts? <laughs> you know, um, we, we have had years, like I remember one year, um, I feel like it was in the nineties, early nineties where we had forest fires, um, kind of like California, which was wild. Um, there were in the subdivision that I live in, um, friends of ours were building a house towards the back and there was a forest, you know, kind of a conservatory area. The fire was about two feet away from their property line, butting up to the forest. We had to shut down. I, um, the, the 417 95 area because of the smoke, it was so heavy. You couldn't drive. They, they had, um, our house was so close to the forest fires. You would go out in the morning and your house, your car would be covered in ash. It was crazy. Wow. And, and that's caused by drought and just being dry absolutely. There was and then not something sparks it. Yep. And you know, we had a, there were <laughs> cute little kids, uh, decided to go out and build a fire and, uh, or smoke in the woods or, you know, everything that Smokey tells you not to do, they did it. And we had just tremendous, tremendous blazes. And that was all over the state of Florida. Um, I just was fortunate enough to live right down the street from one. But um, you could, it was so difficult to breathe. It really was like living in California. We had smog. You, when you walk outside, they had um, air hazard advisories. You know, it was, it was terrible. We haven't had anything like that um, since. And that's probably because all of the dead brush is gone. Um, but they do now do controlled burns to alleviate that because we've never had that. Um, I've been living here for almost 30 years. And, um, that was, that was wild when that happened. Um, and then, uh, as far as, you know, typically during the winter, the only time it rains is when it's going to get colder. That's our, that's our cold front. And then during the summer, it will rain, um, usually between three and five because the humidity and the heat get to such a, a thing that it just can't, can't hold it anymore. So we've got our we can time our watch by the rain in the summer, usually. Do you have hurricanes? Hurricanes, right? Um, or you're not super close, though, so are you... I um, I live in Central Florida, which is the smart place for people who don't like hurricanes. Um, we did have a year, uh, 2004, when I want to say five, maybe seven hurricanes came straight across the state. And one came through my neighborhood, <laughs> right through it. Um, and then, um, but you were okay. Oh yeah, I got, I was fine. We, we, um, there was a lot of damage. Um, I, um, was very fortunate. Very little happened to my house, but down the street, like trees were just snapped off like a apple stem when you spin the apple boom trees down on the ground sidewalks were crumbled we had so many trees in the road you couldn't drive um through and fortunately about hmm, five or six years actually maybe 10 years ahead of that there was this lovely hurricane named andrew that came through miami and 
uh, leveled places like Homestead, which I think are still digging out um, to this day. And this this has been um, 20 something years. Um, we we had there were rules passed for building where you had to build all the electricity underground. You couldn't have it on poles. So we were fortunate and didn't lose power in our subdivision. But around me, in the same neighborhood, many people did because they weren't subjected to that. That was something that happened after the fact. So um, we we would see hurricanes in Central Florida maybe every 50 years. So that happened in 2004-ish. So I've got a lot of time. It'll probably I'll probably be gone before we have another hurricane come through here. But it threatens. Knock on wood. <laughs> yeah, the thing that you think that they have memes about this all the time, but um, truly, it's got to be a major hurricane for anyone in Florida and Orlando to give a rip about it. So we all refer to this guy named Tom Terry, and when Tom Terry takes his necktie off and rolls up his sleeves, we're in trouble. He's, he's our weather. <laughs> you know he's serious then. Oh yeah, we're in trouble. Even the, it's Florida. He's Florida serious this time. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's our he's our weatherman that everybody go. Oh, Tom Terry's got his his tie off. We're in trouble, guys. <laughs> better start paying attention. We need to take it serious. <laughs> so yeah. Do you ever have hail? Because I think hail, oh. which is frozen thing, but it does happen in hot places. I think right. Oh sure, we've had hailstorms. I've had a couple of cars ruined from hail. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then the lakes, which you said, and we saw on the map, are like looks like literally everywhere. It looks like at any point, anywhere where you stand, you could dig down two feet, and you're going to hit water. The water table is really close to the surface. Oh, so, yeah. um, question number one: Do you have basements, or are they on slab? And then number two, so they are on slab. And then question number two, do you have to have flood insurance like everywhere? You said everything is at that elevation and usually the FEMA flood insurance is based on some elevation. So is everything or is there like a different, how does, how does the insurance go? So it's so funny because I've had a number of people coming down here from up there and saying, you know, I'm really worried about floods. And I'm like, we don't have floods here. <laughs> I, my dad lives in Illinois and he's got more floods going on in Illinois than we've I've ever seen in Orlando. But um, I think uh, if you're close to the coast, you might have a little more opportunity for a flood zone. But in the Orlando, Central Florida region, we are at a flood zone of X or AE. Um, it's very rare that I say see AE. It happens every once in a while, and then you just need to get a, a certificate from your um, governing board that you're not going to flood so that you don't have to get flood insurance. But um, flood insurance is extra down here because they, they don't typically have it. You know, it just doesn't normally have. It's not like I know there's some places where people build their homes on a floodplain and they have to have a basement that breaks away so they don't take their house with them. We don't have any of that here. And we don't have basements because if you dig into the soil, you create a sinkhole. Basements, there might be in the whole state of Florida, a hundred houses with a basement. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it, it saves cost on building the house. It's also kind of half the people don't even go down there. Half I showed houses. <laughs> Just this past week, and they won't even, there's like 1920s houses, so they're kind of gross yeah. basements, but typical. I mean, the, all the houses we're looking at are going to look like this, so get used yeah. to uh, having a basement made out of stone and kind of creepy crawly, but it's it's standing and it's in fine shape. Yeah. So a lot of people would be fine with doing without a basement, um, and it's less complicated, um, and in a hot climate, you don't, 
a lot of it, uh, some of it is for a buffer too. So your floor yeah. isn't completely frozen here like you would have if you just had a True. slab house, your feet would always be cold. Um, so that's why you'll see, even if people don't want a basement, you'll see the crawl space or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but okay, yeah. And anything else about the weather? Do storms, you mentioned storms, uh, do they come and go like they do in Florida, it seems like? Like they appear out of nowhere yeah, for 10 well, minutes we, and then go away? Exactly. We, if we, so the way to plan your life living in Florida, if it starts raining in the morning and it doesn't, it doesn't stop by 10 o'clock, you're gonna probably have rain all day. It's very rare that we have rain all day and therefore very frustrating when we do. Um, but usually you'll have rain in 10 minutes spurts. So, you know, the joke is I'll just wait 10 minutes. It'll, it'll pass because you usually can get away with that. You know, just sit in your car for 10 minutes at the store for 10 minutes, whatever. So usually you're okay, but every once in a while, no, it's there for the long haul. And that's usually when there is a hurricane somewhere in the world and we hear, we're in tropical depression status, then we'll have a crappy rainy day. Gotcha. Win. But usually it's going away pretty quick. So if you do yeah. pull over in your car on the highway or something, which is another good segue, you're really good at these segues. Uh, commuting is our next question. Oh, so boy. if they do have to pull over on the road because it's pouring down cats and dogs for the people that yeah. don't like to drive in the pouring rain, they're waiting 15 minutes till it stops. Uh, how is the commute typically when it's not pouring cats and dogs? And also where are they commuting? Do most people work in Orlando and then they live either in Orlando or on the outskirts? Um, so we, just like the rest of the world, have had quite a paradigm shift because of COVID. Um, there is still a lot of commerce that happens downtown. And when I say downtown, um, anybody that lives in New York or Chicago proper will laugh at our downtown because it is not like that. Um, it is, is it a, kind of like a strip mall kind of look? No, no is, that sounds terrible, but that's yeah. what I picture, uh, like at beach towns, when I go, you know, you don't have the old, you don't have Philadelphia and Chicago and New York yeah, and that yeah, kind of not, city or town. It's this low rise kind of city yeah, town. Yeah. You guys would laugh at our downtown, but there are high rises. There's, you know, a number of eating and drinking establishments all concentrated in what is considered downtown Orlando. Um, they have apartment buildings that, and condos that are high rises. We have a new theater down there. Um, we have a lake in the middle of downtown that people tend to go to, kind of a green space. Um, it's very walkable if you live there. There is no uh, mass transit worth talking about. We do have a thing called links, which is a bus system. But when I lived in Milwaukee, you could catch a bus every 10 minutes. Um, when I visit my daughter in New York, my, my, uh, my husband's youngest daughter in New York, you know, you got the subway trains. We don't have anything like that. Um, or like in Chicago with my daughter that lives there, the L. We don't have that. None of that. We do have this thing called the sun rail, which um, Disney and the city got together and decided they were going to build a fast train from the airport to Disney so that you could get right to Disney. Um, then people hijacked it and said, no, we're going to make it go here and we're going to go there. So, <clears throat> depending on your perspective, I'm trying to be really nice. 
it could be considered the biggest waste of money. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like it was pretty self-serving by Disney, obviously. Uh, They're just trying to get people expeditiously from the airport to their place so they can sell yeah, them whatever they they're even, selling them. I didn't even know that they have they did that leg of it. Um, it does go to DeLand, Florida, which is helpful because my daughter went to school there. But here's the fun part. It runs Monday through Friday, stops running at 7 p.m. So it doesn't serve the weekend traveler and it doesn't serve the night owl that might take the train home from drinking all night downtown. And or shift workers, right? That uh -huh. work weird yeah. hours that it's need the weirdest. public transportation. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing. And then what's really crazy is it is well known for killing people. <laughs> Huh. So if you look up anything about the Sunrail, uh, yeah, and now, and please don't, please don't hurt me. <laughs> People are avoid the Sunrail if you don't need the Sunrail. Let's just a avoid very it. I guess. Polarizing topic. <laughs> we'll get some comments. Hit us up in the comments if you have yeah. any polarizing ideas on the Sunrail. <laughs> I don't care either way, and Rue doesn't really care either. But no, we'd like to hear from you whether you like the Sunrail or are scared of the Sunrail. Just type in there like or scared of and let us exactly. know what you think about the Sunrail. Yeah, but uh, uh, they, were, they were doing it to help solve. Um, commuting. Um, the There's a number of new uh, toll roads that have come up. We are doing crazy infrastructure downtown to accommodate. They're building a toll lane in the highway downtown to accommodate the traffic. Um, we're starting to look like downtown Los Angeles in downtown Orlando with all the different things going in and out and blah, blah, blah. So we're working on our um, thing. One of the things, because I came down from Chicago, so it's from my frame of reference in Chicago, you have four or five ways to get anywhere. In Orlando, you have one way to get four or five places. So you think about everybody trying to go four or five places on one road versus alternatives. So you learn the back streets really quick in Orlando, how to get places faster. And you can hit up somebody like yourself to let you know the real back way. Google usually gives you like, you can also go this way two minutes slower. Sometimes it's not completely correct. Takes you so, through some alley that's not an alley or around yeah. here out in the country, it will take you a lot of times to some road that kind of goes through a farm and it's not really a road anymore. It's just some unkept road that goes straight through a farm. Um, and then you have to turn back and say, take me the other way. Um, so let's talk about the major industries and employers. Obviously we talked about it being the theme park capital of the world as we're calling it is that the major is tourism that's that's mainly it there that is our bread and butter that's why we have no taxes here um and then we also have two big um healthcare actually three um Nemours started a new medical city we also have orlando health and what used to be called florida hospital which is now adventist health those are the big um employers here and darden is also um a big headquartered business down here, Darden Restaurants. So we've got those big players here. And then um, there's, they've been trying to do a Silicon um, Valley-ish kind of a, a tech corridor here. I'm not sure where we're at with that. It, it's not to the extent that um, Dallas or Austin has become with California people moving out. It might happen, but I don't think we're close enough to California for a lot of that, but that, yeah. Most people work at a hospital, have worked at Disney, or um, have worked for Darden. <laughs> or they're doing support 
other yeah. restaurants that support the people that work for Disney and that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, exactly. But it's a great it's a great place because they have a lot of basic jobs, meaning they're bringing in money from outside into the town rather than just keeping everything there. They're actually bringing in extra money from people that live elsewhere, which is a great economy to have a lot of basic employees. And then the non-basic ones would be the ones helping all the ones, like I was saying. Uh, let's talk about what there is to do. We talked about food a little bit. Uh, what was that place? I threw my note away. What was that? Lee and Rick's? Is Lee that what Rick's. it was? Yeah. Been around since I think the 50s. They've been around a long time. So it's, generally um, good seafood down there? Lee and Rick's, you go there for the raw oysters. That's why you go there. Um, they have lovely fried shrimp platter and some other things, but you go there for the oysters. And please don't expect any cocktails. You're going to get beer and wine in a pre- uh, it, it's a dive and there aren't many in Orlando. A lot of dives have gone the way of the Disney, Disney-fying, Disney-ification. I think that's work. So Lee and Rick's is one of the main dives that has survived. They're awesome. And then there's another place called Linda's. It's the oldest steakhouse here. Um, if you like steak, you would do Del Frisco's, um, Charlie's Steakhouse. There's, um, uh, we just started doing crab bowls, crab boils, if, if you would, what they would call them up there, where they have, they come in the big low country type of scenario. Sure. And then, um, <clears throat> seafood, you're going to find good seafood. We have all the chains in the world, you know, the Outbacks and all that good stuff, you know, what everybody would expect to see somewhere else. So it's harder to find a unique Florida's just Orlando style. Um, you really well, when Disney comes to town, rents tend to go up and then the mom and pops tend to not, uh, unless they had bought their building then maybe, but even then, then they sell their building and make a fortune selling it to Disney and just retire. So it yeah. does exactly wow. what you're, you're talking there. Um, so is there any kind of like artsy crafty scene or there just isn't one? Uh, like downtown, there's no like arts district where there's gastro pub and like all the steampunk oh, people sure. hang out. And um, they, you know, it's funny. Downtown Disney has um, character days where they'll do um, uh, people come dressed in their 1800s attire. Um, you know, they'll do things like that. Um, they, as far as um, we have festivals downtown orlando we have the creative festival there's a number of little um studios downtown kind of an art district near some of the high rises there um downtown they have done there's a there's a couple of places where they have you know the it's kind of like the og orlando where they're established like maxine's on shine is a nice little tiny restaurant that no one else has and then there's some other businesses that are um Oh gosh, Seven Bites is a good place. So there's a lot of places that have cropped up that are smaller. They're just, they're determined and they're going to make it happen, but they're very few and far between. And so you, when you get downtown, there's more of a conglomeration of that. Thornton Park is a big place. College Park, those are places that tend to have more of that individual flair. Gotcha. <laughs> And then what about like fireworks on the 4th of July and that kind of thing? Is that usually something that Disney would do? I thought they have fireworks like every night, right? But you're only in the park if you, you can only yeah, see it in the park. Um, or... There's a place called Crane's Roost in Altamont Springs where it's kind of like an open air 
um, area and they'll do fireworks there. Disney is all there. Everybody, we, we do them in our backyards. We're crazy like that. There you go. If you're allowed to, they were outlawed here for a long time. Now they just allowed us to have like the next step up of the, I think you could actually do the shooting ones, but they're really low grade ones of those or something. But if you could do it, more yeah, power to you. Yeah, it depends on where you buy your fireworks. That too, you could get them somewhere <laughs> and then bring them in, still use them. Yeah, totally. <laughs> we didn't yeah. tell you to do that, but you're if you do it, we didn't know about here. it. <laughs> we, we like to break rules down here in Florida. We're all about it. And then what about a stadium? If somebody's going to see, uh, I don't know, Drake or Taylor Swift or um, trying to think Amway of other stadium Center. packing people. Yeah, we got the Amway Center downtown Orlando. Um, they're pretty big. They they sold their uh, original arena. It's called the O Arena. And now it's the Amway Center. And they just rebuilt it. And then we also have um, the Orange of the Citrus Bowl comes here. Um, that's... Um, on um a, a <clears throat> kind of a um the outskirts of downtown if you will um so that's happening as well so we've got those three places where people can come to concerts and sporting we've got a great and that first one you said is that where the magic plays yes the amway center is where the magic plays um the citrus uh bowl is where orange city plays um for their the um soccer team that we have good you said that i wasn't going to ask but <laughs> knowing that the magic played at the other place is the extent of my sports knowledge so That's i was okay. going to let it slide by and just assume people out there knew and i was the only dummy that didn't know what that was no uh, i'm barely so i'm barely that. a sports person so you've got, <laughs> got me a good a good question to answer <laughs> there you go. And let's talk about what people get for the money before we close out here. Uh, we'll start with here. The Well, what would be the, like the entry level, I guess, is the question. Here, the entry level, first-time buyer can get a house for maybe, I'd say, 175 something livable. Um, it's going to be dated for sure, and it's going to be like half a double probably also, or it's going to be downtown in a city, 1900s built or something. But you could get something habitable for uh like 150 175 so what are we talking down there so um if the bar is habitable then yeah you probably do that here too if we're talking something that you you know <laughs> might bring a friend home to see um <laughs> you you might be closer to the 250s for like a two-bedroom maybe one bath um if you're gonna condo you're, or a house or a townhouse um, or what would that be yes it would be any of those. If you're going okay. to see family, it's not going to be as nice as a townhome or a villa for that price. Um, if you're going to go to what most people would look for at three two, that is in, right around the three hundreds. We we are we are experiencing an insane real estate pricing. I just lost out to thirty offers on a property that was priced $50 over the most recent one that sold three weeks ago. And we were in the middle of the pack. Wow. And we were yeah. willing to go 50 over their asking. Um, so, it's crazy everywhere. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, are it's, they building new stuff too? Yeah, we, we just can't build it fast enough. And people are always asking me, well, if I sell and then I'll wait. And I'm like, you can't wait long enough. 
And is everything, so we touched on how everything's kind of like newer down there. You don't have this old, it's just not as old. We have have old homes, 1940s. Okay. But still like a suburb style. You don't have like those old coal town downtowns, like I call it, or like a. No, we don't have that. We don't have that. Those have been run over and turned into high rises. They're gone. And then what do the HOAs, obviously most, uh, most stuff down there has an HOA, correct? And the extent of which can vary dramatically. Yeah. HOAs are here to keep your properties free from cars in the front yard or every lawn ornament that exists or wild and crazy paint colors. Um, gated or even drapes in the windows. A lot of times they talk about you can't have purple or cut. They have to be white or black. Yeah, <laughs> white, white facing out. Um, that's yeah. the high. Those are the high end HOAs. Um, those are usually three hundred a month or so for those guys. Um, their gated communities um, are pretty. There's a lot of gated communities here, and of course you pay for the guard, and then the and then you'll have amenities like. Lazy rivers, um, tiki bars, stuff like that. Lazy there's, river. Yeah, there's some resort areas that um, are designed for the investor to buy a property that they can do short-term rental from, um, and those have a full-on resort style of le- of living. Um, and then you have other ones that have a pool and a golf course, things like that. So they can go anywhere from the sublime to the ridiculous down here. It just depends on what you what you're going to get for it. Um, usually, if they're doing townhomes, they take care of the whole outside of your building, so you're not responsible for your roofs or your maintenance of it. You just have to deal with the inside of your life, so that's a benefit sometimes. Yeah, that makes sense, and that's mostly true up here. It can vary, obviously, but yeah. So you can get into something at around that 250k, and then what would be like an average price down there? Is it more at the like a 500, 600, 700, or crazy right now i i think average is four yeah, yeah so not much crazier than here i mean we're no, actually we're low we're still well it is a lot a significantly lower probably more like 250 here versus 400 but not it's not like you said a million is our our average price it's not like toronto or or new york city or something um it's no, a huge it's place happening place it's but not quite crazy. that yeah. crazy and then what would a luxury market look like if somebody's coming down there with sky's the limit i just want an awesome pad for a bunch of millions of dollars or whatever are they getting something that's really close to disney that shares amenities are they buying something kind of outside the city with a bunch of acreage or something what's that buyer or do they have a choice of of those things we don't we don't have a lot of acreage if you're buying acreage you're way far out from where i am um you're you're closer to Lakeland under undeveloped areas and it's harder and harder to get acreage right now. Um, the, the luxury market would be closer to some of the high end golf courses like Bay Hill, um, Lake Nona, where golfers tend to live. Those are going to be the high rent districts. Um, and they're beautiful houses. There are some places like Winter Garden, they're getting there and they're having some, uh, like there was, I looked at a $2 million home that was on sort of an island in Winter Garden and had two gates to get to it. But it was in uh, a developing area. Winter Garden was not 
always a nice place. They have definitely gone in and reinvigorated that area, and now it's becoming a major pull. So homes are getting up there in the millions that were more like a 500 a couple of years ago. So we're, we're creating pockets. Um, Celebration is another one that's really close to Disney. But yeah, so it's either going to be around the golfing community or what we call a PUD, which has got a city center that's walkable. You, there's this thing called Golf Cart Row in some places. And if you can take a golf cart to it, you're in the higher rent district. Gotcha. So you're basically paying to be closer to the amenities and then probably also the houses around you are of the bigger nature and all of them are more pricey and everything and close to the airport, which I didn't talk about, but obviously there's a Orlando airport that'll get you anywhere you need to go. Right. Oh yeah. And then our last question before we end it out, this has nothing to do with real estate or Orlando or anything, but does have to do with you. Uh, if you could do any other profession other than real estate, what would you do? And saying that you love what you do and you wouldn't do anything else is not acceptable. No, not acceptable. Okay. If I, if I could do any other profession, um, I would be a professional TV watcher and eat bonbons and sit and watch TV. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Netflix and chill. There's even like a, a full term for it now. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I, I also uh, heard prime and grind. Oh, no, <laughs> neither one of those are on my wavelength. I'm not sure. If I, if I had, if there well, was Netflix a, and chill, you could do by yourself. I don't prime and grind. I think you have to do with another person. Yeah, I know. Um, I think if there was any job that I, if there was a job that I could do, it would be, um, being on a sailboat doing barefoot cruising. Nice. Okay. Bring it back to full circle with your dad. Uh, you never got to take that trip on a sailboat. Nope. Uh, and now you could. Did you ever learn how to sail? Did he know how to sail? Oh, or no. it was we, all done before anybody even learned? No, no. We grew up on a sailboat. We Every summer we were on a sailboat. So I miss that. It's very peaceful. I would, if I could, if that would be an option, I would do that. Awesome. Well, if I ever come down there, that's on my bucket list to at least... Okay at least go on a sailboat and hold and take like one class or whatever it is uh, to sail something. So if you have one, when I come down there, that'd be awesome. <laughs> there you go. I want to buy And you're in Orlando. So, and I have three kids, so there will be some point where I will be in Orlando. So you cool. will get a visit someday. Definitely. And if you need to reach out to Rue at any time, you can look at the description up or down, wherever you're watching or listening and all the links to her socials and everything will be there as well as her phone number and email and stuff. Uh, but how about you say your phone number, email, and uh, website aloud so anybody that's listening can jot it down. Absolutely. So you can reach me at 321-341-9285. You can also email me at kirsten.clares at cbrealty.com and find me at yourhome-yourcastle.com here in Orlando, Florida. Or, you know, you can Google me <laughs> and find me that way. <laughs> Yeah, we're not doing our job very well if you Google us and we don't <laughs> pop up, especially with all the classes we'd be putting on on Clubhouse yeah. and real estate all yeah. day and whatnot. So no excuses. So you can find Rue, just Google her, Orlando Realtor, Rue, put those three words in there and she should pop right up. But the links will be uh, there for you to click on right now if you need to. Uh, contact me if you need to buy or sell a house here in central Pennsylvania or anywhere around the country or globe. We've got a vast network of agents all over the place. So wherever you need to move to or from, I can help you out and connect 
connect you to the right professional in that area like Rue in Orlando. You can call me, text me, email me, throw a rock through a window, send a carrier pigeon, whatever you need to do. Uh, I want to hear from you. And uh, thanks, everybody, for watching and listening. Thank you for being here, Rue, and say goodbye to everybody. Bye, everybody. See you, everybody. Great.